Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, November 24th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Joe Biden is saving a seat in his administration for a former Federal Reserve chair. Peru is thinking way ahead as it issues its latest bonds, and despite a warning from a federal agency, a lot of Americans are still getting on airplanes. Plus, we've now received results from a third successful coronavirus vaccine trial. So how will the latest development play into the larger fight against the pandemic? We'll take a look. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. President-elect Joe Biden's been putting together his cabinet. And for the position of U.S. Treasury Secretary, it looks like he's going to pick a familiar face, the former chair of the Federal Reserve, Janet Yellen. Yellen served first as vice chair from 2010 to 2014. Then former President Barack Obama nominated Yellen to chair when she became the first woman to hold the position. If she's confirmed by the Senate, she'll become the first woman to serve as Treasury Secretary. So what does her potential appointment mean for the U.S. economy? I've got James Politi here. He covers the Fed for the FT. James, Yellen had most of her Fed experience when Biden was vice president, and part of that was digging the U.S. economy out of the Great Recession. Tell us about how Yellen might approach the economy during this pandemic hit tough time. Well, so I think Janet Yellen during her time at the Fed and also since she left the Fed seems to be uh, very much on board with the idea of additional fiscal stimulus for the economy, of additional monetary stimulus. She is very much a fan that the U.S. should use its economic powers and its economic levers to nudge the economy along. And I think that that's going to be her position. I mean, one of the interesting um, sort of interventions that she made this year, she sort of made clear that additional fiscal stimulus was necessary, that the U.S. had the fiscal space to borrow more money, to dig the economy out of the hole that's been triggered by the pandemic. And I think that she's going to push very hard to enact the Biden economic plan, which calls for billions of dollars in additional stimulus and additional government spending to try to jolt the recovery. Yeah, and that might make her um, an ally to Jay Powell, who as Fed chair has been calling consistently for months for new fiscal stimulus. And, you know, I do wonder how she will get along with the Federal Reserve, given her experience as Fed chair. And it comes to mind because the current Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, is in a tug of war with Powell over emergency lending facilities. So I wonder, how do you see her relationship with the Fed if she were to be confirmed? Um, I think it'll be a very close relationship in the sense that she will have a great understanding of the Fed's powers, the Fed's limits. But I think she'll also sort of recognize that there is a line sort of dividing the two institutions that, you know, and there are lines that you don't want to cross. Um, And so I think she'll recognize that there's a certain separation of powers that's very important there in the management of economic policy. So um, I think it'll be a very interesting uh, dance between her and um, uh, and Jay Powell. James Politi covers the Federal Reserve for the FT. Thank you, James. Thanks so much. Peru is taking drastic fundraising measures, all while dealing with political turmoil. The South American country has had three presidents in the past two weeks. People are frustrated with the toll coronavirus has taken on the economy, the government's response. 
And so Peru launched the sale of $1 billion of century bonds, bonds that will fully mature in the year 2120. It's also trying to raise another $2 billion in 50-year bonds. It might come across as risky, considering Peruvian bonds haven't been doing so well lately. The price of a dollar bond set to mature in 2050 has slipped five cents on the dollar since the beginning of November. But Peru was actually able to price the century bond at 1.7 percentage points above U.S. treasuries. And Peru joins a rare club with this bond sale. Austria, Mexico, and Argentina are among the other handful of countries to raise century bonds. And last week, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued a warning to Americans. Stay home. Or more specifically, don't travel for Thanksgiving, which is this Thursday. The U.S. is in the middle of a coronavirus case surge. Nearly a quarter of a million Americans have now died from COVID-19. But Americans are still hopping on planes despite the warning. More than 3 million people passed through U.S. airports last weekend. That's according to the U.S. Transportation Security Administration. It makes for the busiest weekend since mid-March, when coronavirus first started spreading around the U.S. On the ground, individual states are cracking down on social gatherings. California has implemented curfews on bars and restaurants and non-essential businesses. New York, New Jersey, and Illinois are limiting the number of people who are allowed to get together from different households. And Pennsylvania's governor issued a stay-at-home advisory, asking people not to go out unless it's absolutely necessary. A third coronavirus vaccine has proved effective in late-stage trials, giving another boost to hopes that the pandemic can be defeated. Vaccine developed by Oxford University and AstraZeneca can be stored at fridge temperatures and doesn't need to be delivered frozen, and so will be much easier to transport. And because it's so much cheaper than competitors' jabs, it also crucially offers hope for the developing world. Donato Paolo Mancini, who's been covering the story, joins me on the line. Donato, tell us how the AstraZeneca vaccine compares to the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine and the Moderna vaccine, both of which have proved effective so far. So AstraZeneca and the University of Oxford put out long-awaited results of their phase three trials for the coronavirus vaccine. And what we know is that the vaccine elicited efficacy of 62% and 90% for an average efficacy of 70%. What these figures tell us is that if you get a dose and a half of the vaccine spaced apart, you are likely to get better efficacy and better protection from the virus than if you were taking two full doses one month apart. It is quite striking because it means that you could get better protection by using less vaccine. So more bang for your buck, is that right? That's right, yes. Of course, when Moderna and Pfizer and BioNTech put out their efficacy figures in recent weeks, efficacy was about 95%. Even then, the efficacy that the Youth Food and Drug Administration and the European Medicines Agency were seeking was of at least 50%. So this is still a very good result. So this proved more effective when the initial dose was halved. That would make it even cheaper to distribute, right? That's right, yeah. You would need a dose and a half. You quote Andrew Pollard, the chief investigator of the Oxford trial, as saying this, this could be a vaccine for the world. What did he mean by that? So the two vaccines that have read out so far are very effective, but they're also quite expensive. And much of the developed world has actually taken up the majority of the supply that would be available next year. What's different with AstraZeneca and the University of Oxford is that it's a vaccine that's been designed with access in mind. We know that the University of Oxford 
only decided to give this to AstraZeneca when it was reassured that access would not be a problem, that there would be no profiteering on the price. We know that it sells for about three to four dollars a dose, that the price has a bit of leeway, but it's it's in that area. So it's the first vaccine that crucially gives hope for a large part of the world that doesn't have enough money to get the vaccines that so far have been so promising, but have been so far been out of the reach. How significant is this going to be for the battle to defeat the virus across the world? So one of the few things, one of the very few things that public health experts have been in agreement on since the very beginning of the pandemic is that you cannot contain the virus in one place and hope that you will be able to shield that place from rampant contagion elsewhere. Because it really makes no sense to, you know, get 90%, 80%, 70% coverage in one rich country, but then leaving, you know, poorer nations exposed to the virus and then risking for all that investment and all that incredible effort that it takes to vaccinate a whole nation because the virus keeps on traveling. So it really is a matter of bringing equality to access and making sure that the problems that we've always seen in global health aren't as much of an issue here. And there are plans that are working to this effect. There's a WHO's COVAX plan. And obviously the AstraZeneca vaccine is good news because many developing nations have deals that enable them to access this jab. Donato Paolo Mancini covers the coronavirus for the FT. Thank you, Donato. Thank you so much, Mark. Before we go, Donald Trump has unofficially signaled defeat in the 2020 U.S. presidential election. Late on Monday, Trump said his administration would begin cooperating with Joe Biden's transition team, even as he promised to continue contesting the election result. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.